0: Uh, back at it
1: we are back at it welcome back to another edition of the pistols firing podcast i'm carson cunningham joined as always by colby powell colby we got a special show today bryce thompson heading to oklahoma state we were wondering where he when he was going to make his decision it is made and man i'm fired up to talk about bryce and the future of osu hoops
0: Let's go. Everybody wants to play for Mike Boyden, me included. Do I have any eligibility left? I know I don't have nearly <laughs> enough talent to be on that team, but I want to check my eligibility. i got to get in the building somehow. Absolutely.
1: It's going to be such a fun basketball season. But first, let's hear from Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop. Be sure to shop at chrisuniversityspirit.com. You're going to want to have some OSU hoops gear. Uh, Colby, when I was in college, I got the, the OSU shorts. Did you ever wear like the OSU basketball shorts? Absolutely. Or-
0: I have a pair in my drawer right now.
1: Do you have like the the Travis Ford era shorts? I had those. And I also had my favorites were obviously like the 2004, uh, that, that style short as well. So I, I had both.
0: Yeah, I had the newer school. I had the uh, Travis Ford. I was there, I think my entire time at Oklahoma State overlapped with Travis Ford. I got there in fall of 2011 and I was out in spring of 15. So I'm pretty sure I was Travis Ford the whole time.
1: Yeah, see mine were like the right when they switched to that 04 era short back. So they had like that old school kind of Western motif OSU logo on it that they don't use anymore. They were sweet. I think someone stole them from me at the fraternity house. They were so sweet. I think I I I lost them at some point, unfortunately. They probably wouldn't fit anyway. But obviously huge news. Bryce Thompson makes his commitment to Oklahoma State over Oklahoma and Tulsa. And when you and I were discussing it, Colby, I kind of thought that he would go to OSU. That was my that was my thinking all along. It just made perfect sense because as as much as he could just be like the Trey Young of Tulsa and score 25 points a game and kind of do what, what Admos did at, at ORU. I think the appeal of Oklahoma State, the relationships he had already built there with players and coaches, which is too much to turn down. And and what I what I heard, Colby, was that his dad, you know, he played at Tulsa. I think he would have liked for him. To to play at Tulsa would have been really cool for him to play as alma mater, but I think he wanted him to go to OSU. And I think that's ultimately the decision they both came to.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just look at the trajectory of the program and what Mike Boynton is doing right now. It's why would you not want to go to Oklahoma State? And I, I honestly believe, and there's no way for me to know this, I'm not in Bryce Thompson's head, but coming out of high school, it's like, okay, Cade's going to Oklahoma State. That's going to be Cade's team. That's his show. Let me go up to Kansas and try to ball out as a freshman and really establish myself as the lead Jayhawk for the next couple of years, or depending on how high uh, he's able to get in lottery projections and stuff like that, maybe go to the league. Obviously, it didn't work in Lawrence. He fractured a vertebrae in practice, which obviously caused him to miss quite a bit of time. He comes back in. If you'll remember, it was actually against Oklahoma State where he then broke a finger, which caused him to miss some more time. He just pretty much battled injuries and things didn't go great for Kansas last year. It was just kind of a so-so season. They dropped out of the top 25 at one point on a uh, a skid that was really jump-started by the game in Stillwater, and it just never worked. So Then he had to come back and decide, okay, where's the best place for me to continue playing college basketball? And I thought the answer was always, obviously, Oklahoma State. He clearly loved Mike Boynton from the beginning. He didn't come there out of high school for for reasons unknown, uh, wanted to go to Kansas and be the man up there. But now I think he's where he should have been, in my opinion, all along. And, man, are we happy to have him. It's just it, – it's amazing that we've reached a point now, Carson. And I don't know if you feel this way, but now when Oklahoma State gets mentioned with any of these big recruits, I assume to myself – that Oklahoma State's like in the lead. It's their guy to lose because everyone wants to play for Mike Boynton right now. It's it's an unusual feeling as an Oklahoma State fan to be the bell of the ball when we're talking about recruits, but man, is it a lot of fun. It really
1: is. And, you know, Bryce spoke to the Tulsa media yesterday and he was asked about Mike Boynton and he's like, obviously he's known me since I was like a freshman in high school and has recruited me since. And he said, and he was kind of asked, like, what is it about Mike Boynton and, and being recruited by him? He goes, he's just a smooth, smooth guy, easy to get along with. And just, just you could really just kind of tell, like, what we've always talked about with Mike. Just like, when this guy sits down in your living room, you, you're all in. I mean, I was all in the first podcast we did with him when he was hired. And I, I'm i just thrilled for him. And he's now signed, I think, what is it, two five-stars and four. And uh, eight four stars since yeah. November of 2018. And that was always the the caveat when he was hired is like, well, he's going to have to recruit really well because he's going up against big time coaches. Well, he's certainly doing that. And and as far as Bryce goes, I think this really shows you what he truly cares about. He wants to win. He's not about personal numbers because he goes to Kansas where he's not going to be a big fish in a small pond at all. He's going he's to be a small fish in a big pond with, with the, all the recruits that, that go to Kansas. And instead of going to maybe an OU or a Tulsa where he could really truly be the man, he chooses to go to Oklahoma State where Colby, the, the backcourt's pretty crowded. I mean, Avery Anderson, Isaac Likely uh, back there already at, as point guards. He's not afraid of competition. Now he can obviously play combo guard. He can play off the ball as well. And that's really, I think he could really do that really well for OSU. But to me, this this shows you that Bryce Thompson wants to win. He doesn't care about personal goals, personal accolades. He wants to go to the best place to win basketball games. He's done that twice now. I think that says a lot about him because a lot of recruits, I think Trey Young personally, that's why he went to OU. I think he wanted to run his own show, be the man. That's why he didn't go to Kansas. He went to OU and it basically was the Trey Young show. And I think this shows you Bryce Thompson's not about that.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, whenever we just look at the roster for next season for Oklahoma State, now we still we still know what Bryce Williams is doing, do we? Or have I missed that? No,
1: he hasn't announced. I think okay. a lot of people think he might just turn professional because remember he said he famously said, I, I hate schools. <laughs> he might not be back. We'll have to wait and see, though. He hasn't made a decision.
0: I do remember the hatred that he has for school. So that'll be something interesting to keep an eye on. But if he were to come back, Oklahoma State would have him, Avery Anderson, Chris Harris Jr., who missed the majority of last season, Donovan Williams, who was the four-star player of the year coming out of Nebraska, coming in last year. You'll have Ice Still, Rondell Walker, Caleb Boone, Keelan Boone, Bernard Kuma, Tyreek Smith, the transfer over from Texas Tech, Woody Newton, the transfer in from Syracuse, Bryce Thompson, M.A. Moncrief, and potentially severe Wheeler, maybe the transfer, out of Georgia. Uh, You never know what's going to happen, but that is a loaded roster. Again, Oklahoma State will be a a small team. You don't have the the really big guy inside, but even with a small team, I mean, that's going to be tough for opponents to match up with. you got some guys there who can really get after it on the defensive end as well. You talk about Rondell Walker and Isaac Likely. They give you some problems on the defensive end. Uh, M.A. Moncrief, I think, will continue to develop, and he's so young, he could even get a little bit bigger. So I I just think that the roster for Oklahoma State next year is so deep, and that's the problem that Oklahoma State has had is a lack of depth uh, when it comes to basketball, and that should not be an issue this year. And we should note, Carson, that Mike Boynton is doing all of this; he is attracting. All of this high-level talent to Oklahoma State and the NCAA sanctions are still hanging over the heads of the university. And all these guys have such a love for Mike Boynton and for what he's doing at Oklahoma State. And guys want to be a part of it so bad that they are willing to take that risk and come to Oklahoma State, knowing that these NCAA sanctions are still just hanging out there for what is nearly a year now. So I just, it's unbelievable. It's awesome. Shout out to all these kids who are going to the best place for them and not letting that impact their decision
1: yeah no you're right i mean the fact he's doing this with transfers which is it's a it really is a new world with with college basketball with the transfer stuff because i mean mike boyden's basically recruiting all transfers right now very few very few high school kids that's he's adjusted to the way that the, the game has shifted tremendously and you mentioned the depth the depth they have colby they're they're going to be one of the deepest teams in the country, I think, let alone let alone the Big 12. And we're going to have to see what some of these transfers do coming into the Big 12. But they're so deep. They do have one scholarship remaining. And our man Marshall Scott from PFB is speculating that they're, they're still going after this seven-footer, uh, Michael Durr, who's transferring from uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, let's see here. Durr, oh, I'm sorry, Durr, a transfer from USF. Initially committed to Virginia Tech before decommitting, so he was South Florida committed to Virginia Tech. Interfacing competition from Indiana, Penn State, Pitt, and others, if they were able to get this guy a seven-footer. I think that's kind of the missing piece. I I, I love I love uh, Big Burn Bernard Kuma. He he provided some some solid minutes off the bench, but I do think this seven-footer is what they need to, to fill out the roster. That would be a, a big get as well for Mike Boynton.
0: Yeah, well, it's kind of the one missing piece right now. We talked about it uh, last year whenever Oklahoma State was going in and you had the matchups with Liberty and potentially could have seen the Illinois down the road. And then, you know, Oregon State has the big guy. Uh, Silva, I think his name was, we had some success inside. I just don't. I don't know what the answer is there for Oklahoma State. Maybe it is the seven-footer out of USF. If they don't get that guy, then it's really just going to be kind of a rotation down there again. We'll see Caleb Boone get a lot of minutes down inside. He continues to progress. M.A. Moncrief will get a lot of minutes down inside. Maybe even Woody Newton, who's a little bit bigger guy, 6'8", 6'9", out of Syracuse, will take some turns in there. But Oklahoma State will definitely be playing small if they don't get the kid from USF. But Oklahoma State played small this year. Um, It's like... It's Oklahoma State small inside, but then have guards with a bunch of length. So it's good for perimeter defense, not so much for defending the interior, uh, but it just kind of is what it is. It's the one missing link right now for Oklahoma State. Hopefully they can fill a need there. If they can't, you just have to rely on what you've got and force other teams to match up to you instead of trying to match what they're doing uh, as we saw in that Oregon State game, rebounding was a huge, huge issue. So I think that that's my one uh, glaring weakness for Oklahoma State right now at this point is rebounding. Uh, but if they can address that, then this team is absolutely loaded at guard and on the wing. Yeah, and Oregon State was one
1: of the biggest teams in the country. So that really – people look at the seating like, ah, oh, they, they shouldn't have lost that game. It really was kind of a bad matchup in terms of the size disparity and the rebounding that you mentioned. So that, that will be a concern if they, they don't fill out the roster with another – you know, quality, uh, big man, seven footer. How do you see Bryce Thompson fitting in with Avery Anderson, Isaac Likely, Chris Harris, all the guys we've just mentioned? How do you see Mike Boynton kind of utilizing those guys together?
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, it's Avery's team. Right. I mean, Avery came on Avery to me is the guy right now. Uh, Bryce Thompson, obviously super talented, but you still need to see him do it at this level. Last, his freshman year to me was robbed of him by injuries. You kind of throw that out the window. He's not a four point uh, per game guy. If he is, then something went very wrong. And last year it went very wrong with the injuries. So I think it's Avery's team. Uh, But I do think that you can kind of stagger who brings the ball up the floor, who controls uh, the offense, who runs everything between Avery Anderson and Bryce Thompson thompson isaac likely to me is more of a uh of a role player than a guy who completely runs your offense you know isaac likely ran the offense for oklahoma state a couple years ago couple years ago, Oklahoma State had walk-ons, you know, traveling to games to make sure that you just had enough players to fill out the court. Now you've got one of the deepest rosters in the country. I think he now becomes an off-the-ball player, a backdoor cut type of guy, almost in the way uh, that Oklahoma City, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder used Andre Robertson for a long time, get him cutting to the basket, keep him, keep the defense off guard, make his guy cover him so that they can't just lose him uh, since, since he's not the best shooter. So I think it'll be Avery's team. He'll control the ball The majority of the time. I think Bryce will get some of it. Uh, I see Ice as more of an off the ball guy, but I do think late in the game, last five minutes, I don't think it will be as severe as it was last year with Cade. You know, last five minutes with Cade last year was just everybody get out of the way. This guy's about to score 10 points in the last five minutes, and you're going to win by a possession or two. I don't think it'll be that severe this year, but I do think Avery Anderson will be your guy in the last five minutes.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I do think it's a great option, though, because Isaac Likely is so much different than Bryce Thompson. They have such different skill sets, whereas Likely is more of the defensive kind of bulldog, can kind of make things happen on the defensive end. They can kind of move them around, guard different positions. But there were times last year, Colby, where you almost couldn't have Likely on the floor because the offense would just be four on five. And I'm not sure if that injuries played a role in that. You know, Likely was pretty banged up last year. But I do think Thompson provides a great option if your offense is just completely in a quagmire like it was at times with likely on the floor you can throw thompson on there with avery anderson and good luck guarding those two so i think it's a great option in terms of the the flexibility and the different skill sets they provide because he's he is different a lot different than likely and he's pretty similar to anderson in that he likes to you know play play some iso ball and, and score but i'm with you like a lot of people are i say a lot of people some people are critical of of bryce thompson for the way his freshman year played out and it's so true about the injuries i mean he he hurt his back and in his first time on the floor coming back from that injury he breaks the finger or hand whatever that injury was it was just a season from hell so i don't think you can make any judgments on how good this kid is based on his freshman year at, at kansas but what osu is getting colby is one of the best recruits in history of the state you know Marshall, I thought just just crushed all the coverage of Bryce Thompson committing on, on pistols firing. He wrote an article where Bryce Thompson ranks among the best high school uh, players in the state. And since 2003, 25 Oklahomans have received a 24/7 Sports composite grade of point of 0.9000 or higher. And number one is Xavier Henry in 2009, Daniel Orton Daniel Orton in 2009, Blake Griffin 2007. J.R. Giddens in 2003, and then it's Bryce Thompson at 2020. And he ranks ahead of Trey Young, Obi Manello, Darnell Jackson, who went to Kansas, the uh, Jackson Robinson kid who's still out there from, from Ada, Trey Alexander this year from Heritage Hall as well. So he's one of the best players to ever come out of state. And so I, I'm not judging him at all on his freshman year at Kansas, but that's some elite that's some elite company right there, Colby.
0: Yeah, good grief. Are there any names on that list? That was Jeez. quite the list of Oklahoma high school basketball players. And you hope that Bryce Thompson can at some point uh, be one of the biggest names on that list where in 15 years we sit here and we say, uh, we got this recruit coming through. Can you believe that he's close to Bryce Thompson? I mean, Bryce Thompson, hopefully that's the, the narrative going forward. Uh, you're right, throw the, throw the freshman year out at Kansas. It didn't work. He just needed a fresh start in a new place. Oklahoma State's that new place. Uh, just stay healthy. I just wanna see him play 35 games and be healthy. If nobody gets hurt, on this Oklahoma State team, they're going to be dangerous because, like you said, you can throw Avery and Bryce out there at the same time, which I'm sure they'll be on the floor at the same time a lot. Those two guys can absolutely score. Donovan Williams dealt with some injury stuff as a freshman. He led the uh, state of Nebraska in scoring his senior year a couple years ago. averaged like 30 or 31 points a game, I think. He's a scorer. Caleb Boone got much better scoring the ball inside, as did Matthew Alexander Moncrief throughout the year. Still don't know about Bryce Williams. I I also kind of would expect him uh, to move on since he's a school hater i i don't blame him school's only fun for so long and then you get tired of writing papers and uh, doing equations so it's this team's going to be a problem if if they can stay healthy and hopefully they can because we need we need to see what bryce thompson's all about where would you think they rank in the big
1: 12 next year i was just trying to think oh. about i mean the ou's roster is completely flipped porter Moser's added some added some really good transfers obviously chris beard at texas he's gonna be a handful no matter what his roster looks like Kansas will, I assume, still be Kansas. They're still kind of dealing with th- their season from hell. And then they, they have NCAA sanctions kind of looming over their heads as well. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I think they're going to be right near the top. I mean, I, the season they had last year, I think what wasn't a fluke. Even with Cade Cunningham leaving, there were spells where Cade Cunningham didn't play like the number one overall pick in the NBA draft, so I I don't just think it's oh uh, well it was the cage show now OSU's going to go back to kind of the middle of the pack. I think they're going to contend for a Big 12 championship next year. Are you that bullish on this roster that he's assembled?
0: Yeah, I mean my way too early prediction of the Big 12 next year would probably have Oklahoma State falling in at four behind Kansas, Baylor, and Texas that's that's my way too early prediction uh we'll make actual predictions as we get closer to the season but those are the three teams that i see being uh probably just a notch above oklahoma state it will be interesting to see what baylor looks like as they lose a couple of guys off that national championship team kansas will still be kansas and i really do think that chris beard has something brewing down there in austin uh they did lose coleman i believe down there at, at texas but they're going to replace him with more talent greg so that, brown
1: greg brown turned pro yesterday too so he's oh, gone. He did.
0: Okay. OK, I missed that. I missed that. I, I still think he's got something good brewing down there in Texas and he's a great coach. So I would say those three teams. Uh, but I would put Oklahoma State probably closer to that tier than I would to the next tier. The next tier would probably be West Virginia. Man, I don't know. Texas Tech had so much turnover. I don't know if I can even throw uh, Texas Tech in there, but like West Virginia. OU um i mean kansas state tcu iowa state those teams aren't any good so i think oklahoma state's closer to those top teams in the conference than they are to that next tier of teams that you know don't have a chance to contend
1: yeah baylor national champs i mean scott drew had another like top five recruiting class so i think they're, they're probably going to be the favorite uh, moving into next year but no it's it's gonna be exciting and again just mike boynton is that dude i mean and look, all the caveats, he needs to win more. We all know that. He needs to win more than one tournament game moving forward. We all know this, but what he's building and assembling roster-wise, you and I have talked so many times about it. He's doing the, the Scott Drew method where you just stack recruiting class on recruiting class on recruiting class to where, you know, it's you're too big to fail almost when you recruit as well as he's, recru- he's recruiting at an elite national level. And OSU basketball is officially back on the national map. So I cannot be more excited. This is the most excited I've been about OSU basketball. And gosh, maybe since Eddie was the coach, honestly. I mean, Sean kind of had to go in there his first year. But and I never really truly believed in the Marcus Smart teams just because I didn't think Travis Ford was a very good coach. And that proved to be true with losing early in the tournament like he did. But Mike Boynton is awesome and he's recruiting at such a great level i just cannot wait to see the next not just this next season but the next three or four just what he's able to build because he's building something special colby and i i, I truly cannot heap enough praise on what he's done the way he's just completely won over the fan base and i cannot wait to see you know osu opened up the all the sporting events to fans i cannot wait to see what gallagher iba looks like next year
0: Oh, no, I can't either. And Mike Boynton, you you know, Oklahoma State did a great job to lock him down and keep him there. He's just – he's the guy everybody wants to play for right now. And like you said, he's building something. It's just – it's amazing how much the narrative has changed because he got to Oklahoma State. He's a complete unknown, and he basically spent the first two to three years of his coaching tenure kicking guys off the team and just trying to – Field a team that uh, that he was proud to put on the floor, and that he felt like represented OSU basketball the right way. And then last year, it just all changed. You get Cade in, the number one pick in the draft. Caleb makes a big leap. Avery makes a big leap. Ice is still very steady. You get Bryce Williams over. He has a great year. It's just so many guys contributed last year, and it has totally flipped the narrative. 180 on Mike Boynton. I mean, a year ago, we were still very unsure whether he was the future of Oklahoma State basketball. And now we're all sitting here like, how could we have ever thought that this guy was anything other than the future of Oklahoma State basketball. He's got it moving in the right direction. Oklahoma State's lucky to have him. And like you said, I can't wait for this season, but I also can't wait for the the 22-23 season and the 23-24 season because it's going to be a slow build. And if he keeps stacking recruiting classes on top of each other, that is how you start to build depth and build rosters that can sustain wins and and top five seeds in the tournament year after year after year. Uh, So hopefully that's what we're headed toward with Oklahoma State basketball. Yep, he's
1: big time. Can't say enough good things about Mike Boynton and uh, can't wait to see what he continues to do. Uh, We did have some other news, Colby. Kendall Daniels, the uh, Oklahoma State signee, he was originally committed to Texas A&M. Begg's football player was named Gatorade Oklahoma Football Player of the Year yesterday. So a big honor for an Oklahoma State defensive commitment. And that makes now the past two winners of the Oklahoma Gatorade Player of the Year I've gone to Oklahoma State. That's Brennan Presley. That's Kendall Daniels. And uh, I assume Braylon Presley will be the next one. I think he's going to be probably make it three for three there. But I I was able to see him one time, Colby, and I didn't have the roster, so I didn't know what number he was, Kendall Daniels. Uh, It was Bags against Washington State high school football playoff game. I was there. It didn't take me very long to figure out which one was Kendall Daniels at that level. He just looked the part. And they were they were getting their teeth kicked in the first quarter of that game. And I remember taking a shot. I was filming the game. I took a shot of Kendall Daniels. He's had a look on his face like, this isn't happening anymore. And he, the very next play, <laughs> he blitzes and just annihilates the quarterback. And then he he had a pass breakup and then they had a pick six, like in the next three plays. So this kid just is a super athlete. I don't know if he's gonna play end up playing safety or linebacker at OSU, but Another unbelievable get for, for Mike Gundy in the defensive side of the football.
0: Yeah, I mean, this kid's going to be so, so good. And, and like you, we talk about this all the time. You've got to keep the in-state talent in-state. And it's awfully nice whenever they head to Stillwater instead of Norman. We know the battles that you face having to recruit against Oklahoma, and they've got things rolling in recruiting as well. But Oklahoma State has done a better job uh, lately than, than they have in years past. And it's really exciting to see. Again, you talk about stacking recruiting classes on top of each other. You get Brennan Presley. The next year, you get Kendall Daniels. The next year, you get Braylon Presley. Probably three. Uh, Gatorade High School Players of the Year in a row out of the state. Just keep them in state, keep them happy, and get them on the field. Hopefully, we can see. So, what would that put us? That would put us at the twenty-two, twenty-three season where we'll have all three of those guys on campus. And then the year after, I believe is whenever Brennan will be a senior, actually his COVID year might not count. So he might have another year. I'm not sure how all that works off the top of my head, Uh, but we should have a couple of years overlap where we have Brennan and Braylon, both on campus and Kendall Daniels. So that'll be three, uh, likely assuming Braylon gets it next year, three high school players of the year in a row at Oklahoma state. So it's just, we talked about it on Wednesday, whenever we recorded, there really aren't any sports right now at Oklahoma state, not a single one. I can think of that isn't in pretty good shape that doesn't mean they're all number one in the country that doesn't mean that you're going to start you know putting together dynasties uh but Oklahoma State athletics across the board are in really good shape and football's a part of that it seems like things are looking up yep it's exciting uh speaking
1: of football uh six players in the Big 12 have Heisman odds this came out this week uh who do you think is one two and three in the Heisman odds in terms of Big 12 players,
0: uh in terms of Big 12 players, well, obviously Spencer Rattler, plus 550. He's number one. Plus 550. That's actually pretty good odds. I expected him to be uh not even money, but closer to even money. I would have said um, like two plus 200, maybe. I uh, plus 550. I actually think that's really good odds. Let's that go, might be worth. Let's go wager on that. It might <laughs> be OU, worth
1: investment. Yeah, you could do worse than wagering on the OU quarterback. <laughs>
0: Yeah, every I mean, year. Historically, since Lincoln got there, you got about a 50-50 chance to cash. I'm getting five <laughs> and a half to one odds. Uh so Spencer Rattler. Uh let's it's kind, go of, with, it's
1: kind of surprise me, number two.
0: Let's let's throw out the quarterback for the Cyclones. How about Mr. Brock party He's number three at plus thirty-five hundred. Three, okay. And you said number two surprises you. Number two surprises you that, uh, boy, that trips me up there. I don't know what team is what
1: team is overrated every single year. Well, they're not just
0: throwing the Texas quarterback in there just for the hell of it. Are they not the quarterback? Okay. Give it to me. I'm on the edge of my seat. Texas running back Bijan Robinson
1: plus 2,500. He really did come on last year toward the end of the year. He's a really, he was, you know, he's a five-star for a high four-star depending on which site you look at and. It's just the Texas thing. Colby, you got to put someone from Texas in the, the team rankings and the individual. So B. John Robinson is second.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess. I Sure. B. John Robinson is second. He, he should not be ahead of Brock Purdy and Heisman odds. That's just, that's the logo on the side of the helmet. We know what college football is. College football is is strongly controlled by what's on the side of your helmet. And Texas has that advantage. So, uh, yeah, I guess we can throw B. John yeah, Robinson I mean, in there at number two in the conference. He's a running back, like...
1: I'll take I'll take anyone's money that wants to wager that Bijan Robinson's winning the Heisman Trophy.
0: Yeah, uh, I'll give you better two. than twenty five to one odds. I'll give you fifty to one. Hit me up yeah, on Twitter. Maybe a hundred. Yeah. Uh, number four is also a running back. Uh, also a running back, Brees Hall.
1: You got it. And number five is Oklahoma State quarterback Spencer Sanders at plus hey. five thousand. So, and then there's one more quarterback, which you tried to guess at number two.
0: Uh, The Texas quarterback? Yep. And is that, uh, are are we convinced that that's Casey Thompson? Do we know that for sure?
1: I'm not convinced, but that's who they have here at plus 5,000, tied with Spencer Sanders. Uh, Casey Thompson has plus 5,000 odds to be the Heisman Trophy winner. See, it's weird because leading into the spring game at Texas, all I kept hearing was was Hudson Card was going to be the quarterback at Texas. That certainly seemed to be the opinion of the media down there in Austin. But Thompson, I think, got you know most of the reps um in the spring game and had most of the highlights in the spring game so it might be it might it might be Casey Thompson playing quarterback at Texas I know you you covered him a lot uh calling games for for Southmore when he was there
0: yeah I did he was a really good player it was uh you know I was really bummed to see him go to Newcastle to play his senior year just because he was fun to watch got a good arm he uh is really talented he can move I I think it's a good move for Texas. I talked about it on Wednesday. I just think it was time for a change from Ellinger. I think Casey Thompson can be really good. Uh, It's just the unknown. I mean, really hasn't played much football the last, what, three years? Has it been three years that he's been down there? Gosh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you you never know. Some guys take that time. They learn. They get a ton better. Some guys sit out that long, and then they they get a starting job, and it's like, man— you can tell that this guy hasn't played football in a long time. So uh, I know he's playing in practice. I know he's doing all those things. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing as getting out there under the lights with 80,000 people screaming at you uh, and, you know, Ronnie, not Ronnie Perkins, but Nick Benito and on Winfrey coming off the edge. So uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how good he can be. I'll be rooting for him because he was a blast to watch and cover in high school.
1: Yeah, I found other odds here uh, that has B. John Robinson at 30 to 1. Uh, has Casey at fifty to one and Spencer Sanders at sixty six to one on Vegas Insider. He has sixty six to one odds as well as Brock Purdy. So it kind of varies based on where you look. But Spencer Sanders got a lot on his plate this year, replacing all that skill talent at receiver at running back. But I think that that lends you to believe he's he's going to have an opportunity to put up big individual numbers both with the rushing and passing but uh, he he certainly is on the radar amongst you know the odds makers and he's got a real chance Colby to have to have a big season and and certainly how how he goes how OSU is going to go
0: yeah it is I mean obviously Oklahoma State needs him to step up and be the guy Oklahoma State's really started to uh put some talent across the board on both sides of the ball but we know you've got to take care of the ball you've got to have big plays on the offensive side they're just Over the last couple of seasons, there have been too many Oklahoma State football games that we sit there and it looks like it is so difficult to get 10 yards to get a first down. We've seen way too much of that. And, you know, we were spoiled for so long with one of the best offenses in the country. It it seemed like, you know, picking up a first down wasn't the issue. It's just once you get down to the eight, are you going to score? Now it seems like that's not the big problem. The big problem is when you get the ball at the 25, don't go three and out. Too many three and outs for Oklahoma State. Too many short possessions, uh, putting too much pressure on your defense. So uh, Oklahoma State's going to have to be better in that aspect, sustaining drives and just not getting forced off the field so early in possessions. Because I think that's how we've gotten into some of these games, like what we saw against Kansas State last year, where it just feels like you're swimming uh, upstream in rapids to try to move the ball.
1: Yeah, that's going to be big. Uh, the, the Vegas Insider odds, I think, are a lot better because the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine—the first nine guys are quarterbacks, and then the A running back is the first running back on the board. So that's going to be who? Who would you wager on here? And they have Spencer Rattler at three to one at plus three hundred. So these I think these odds are a little better on uh, Vegas Insider, or more accurate, I should say, not better odds. Who would you wager on right now? Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma, DJ Ugalele from Clemson, JT Daniels from Georgia, Sam Howell from North Carolina, Bryce Young, Alabama, Keaton Slovis, USC, De'Eric King from Miami, Matt Coral, the old old miss quarterback, Jaden Daniels, B. John Robinson, Emory Jones from Florida. Who if you had to wager right now, would you just go with Rattler?
0: Yeah, I would just go with Rattler. I mean, everybody behind that, you're kind of taking a chance that they have a big season barring injury, you know Spencer Rattler is going to have a big season. I think that again, barring injury, I think the worst case scenario for Oklahoma in the regular season is 11-1. and one. I don't see a scenario in which that football team loses two games uh, with the schedule that they have in the non-con, and then obviously they play the Big 12 schedule. Uh, Texas, I don't think is going to beat them this year. Oklahoma State, I don't think is going to beat them this year. Maybe Iowa State gets them, but I doubt it. I really think this OU team is absolutely loaded. So barring injury, I think you're looking at a quarterback who's going to be at least eleven and one, probably going to lead the nation in passing yards and touchdowns. That guy typically wins the Heisman. Whatever site you had it at five and a half to one, that to me is is great value. Uh, I, I like that a lot better than taking a chance on Ugalile from Clemson or uh, what would you say, JT Daniels from Georgia? Yeah, I'm I'm out on that. I, I much prefer the value with Rattler.
1: Yeah, DraftKings has Rattler at plus five fifty. FanDuel has him at plus six fifty. MGM has plus three hundred. Someone else has him at plus 550 as well. So that might, that may be worth a little sprinkle. Uh, I'm with you on the JT Daniels thing. I don't, I don't understand this. Georgia is kind of the new Texas in terms of like the national championship overrated odds. Cause like they don't put Texas up there now for national championship. They just try to predict the win the big 12, which they never do JT Daniels like failed out of USC had a had some good games. he had some really good games at the end of the year last year but i am just not buying georgia or jt daniels to me they're the new texas
0: yeah i'm I'm out on jt daniels at georgia they made a huge mistake they had a chance to win a national title they faltered it away in the second half against alabama after they were very kindly let back in the game against oklahoma uh and then they chose wrong they chose jake from over justin fields they had a decision to make they chose wrong. Uh, I think if they chose Justin Fields, it would have really made a huge difference in the trajectory of college football over the past couple of years because Georgia's got positions elsewhere on the field, but I don't think JT Daniels is the guy. He just—he strikes me as that kid that was supposed to be this mega recruit star coming out of high school. Things didn't work, and now we keep trying to make him that guy after it's continued to not really work. So that's a big time. I'm going to have to see it to believe it uh, deal for me. I'm, I'm out on Georgia as a serious national title or Heisman contender?
1: I wish I could get odds on Caleb Williams, the backup quarterback. Oh, my gosh. If I could get him at, like, plus, I don't know, 10,000 plus 15,000.
0: You're saying just in case Rattler gets hurt, like first game of the season or preseason even? I
1: think there's there's a chance that could happen. I mean, he was benched last year for turnovers against Texas. Then he played unbelievable. They did falter in the Big 12 title game where they—they they, I don't think they—they think they scored like a field goal in the second half. I like Rattler. I think he's got big potential, but this Caleb Williams kid's really good. <laughs> he looked awesome in the spring game. He's a number one quarterback in the country. He seems to kind of have the it factor. In terms of a flyer, uh, I don't know if I'm going to Vegas anytime soon, but I'm gonna see if they they post his number at any point. I might have to grab that because they're it's a it's a total roll of the dice, obviously, but to get. The, I think he would have some some big odds if they ever posted. Although, if they ever posted Colby, they're assuming he's going to play some. So, probably not. If you, if you play quarterback Oklahoma, they probably cut your odds in half.
0: Oh, yeah. 100%. Because, I mean, we've seen what OU does with quarterbacks. And Caleb Williams, I think, is very talented. You know what I want? Carson, I want 2022 Heisman odds. And if we could get 2022 Heisman odds this far out, maybe we could get Caleb Williams at like 20 to one. If you find that anywhere, you need to text me because I'm jumping on it. Okay. Do you want Brennan Presley
1: Heisman odds? (laughs) Do you actually have
0: Brennan Presley Heisman odds?
1: No, I don't think so. I was just trying to think of any OSU guy we could throw up there. But with Tylan gone and with Chuba gone, I don't think they're going to have, and obviously Spencer would be the guy, but I would like to see Spencer's odds a little, little higher than they are. Yeah, what did you say Spencer was? 50 to 1? Uh 66 on Vegas Insider. But yeah, 50 to 1 was the initial one I saw.
0: Okay. Yeah. I not really probably good enough odds for me we just we know what the heisman trophy award is it's uh really alabama versus the field if alabama has one absolute star that guy wins it if not it kind of defers to the quarterback at ou is what we've seen in recent history so uh, i'm pretty much out on betting on guys from other teams to sneak up from a, a lower level program and win the heisman that just doesn't really happen except in the very very off fluke year I want
1: to see the big 12 basketball odds, what they open at. I might sprinkle a little
0: OSU on that.
1: That'd be, that'd be fun to, to root for.
0: I would like that bet better than the uh, Oklahoma state Spencer Sanders for Heisman bet. Uh, Me too. Uh, Big 12 softball tournament
1: gets underway today. Oklahoma state uh, plays at two o'clock. That's going to be a fun time this weekend. Uh, Any other thoughts on the weekend before we get out of here, Colby?
0: I don't believe so. I'm hoping that my man Taylor Gooch can have a big day today at TPC Craig Ranch. The scoring in the golf tournament, the PGA event, absolutely insane. If you were one under yesterday, so if you shot one under par, that was tied for, I believe, 114th after round one on the PGA Tour. These guys are just so, so ridiculously good. We've got three guys already at double digits under par, and it's still just Friday morning. So a lot of golf left to be played, but former Cowboy Taylor Gooch, I rostered him just about everywhere this week he shot three under yesterday he doesn't tee off until uh just a little before two o'clock our time today so that's who i'll be keeping an eye on today and hopefully this weekend i'd love to give a ricky fowler update Uh, So Ricky shot five under 67 yesterday. He's currently plus one through 11 on his round today. Last week, he blew up on Friday and missed the cut. Hopefully the same doesn't happen this week, but realistically, he's probably going to need to get to six or seven under to make the cut, which means he needs to play his last seven holes in two or three under par. It certainly can be done, but with no birdies on the card yet today for Ricky, he's going to have to get hot down the stretch.
1: Yep, It's good to see him go five under, but you're right. This tournament five unders not great because the projected cut it's a five under right now. And that's only going to get higher. So it's going to be a birdie fest uh, this weekend. And then we got the PGA championship uh, the following week at, at Kiawah. I can't wait for that as well. So Colby, let's work. Mike Boyden continues to do work in Stillwater. We're going to have so much basketball to talk. This podcast, Colby, before you join, basketball was like the depressing season you know we <laughs> loved football and then basketball came around we we're just kind of like, yeah they lost again and uh maybe they can recruit better this next season so no more of that talk it's going to be big 12 championship uh expectations and uh, man I'm, I'm fired up for for mike Boynton, and and let's let's work yep everybody have a great weekend and like carson said let's work